Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine, welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch, where there is always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So whether you're lacing up those shoes to tackle your miles with a side of smiles, or maybe doing some other activities, we are excited to be here to talk about one of our favorite topics, running, of course, but we love talking about all of the things that are running from the TMI talks to what we're training for. And one thing that makes me especially giddy and kind of gives me that extra joy is breaking down all of the misconceptions that people have about runners, what we say about our own running and everything in between. Coach Christine, I'm going to not let it burn my biscuit this week since I'm officially changing that from butter my biscuit. But the misconceptions, I can't help but giggle at them. There's so many. And then of course, like I think back to when I first started, I had probably a thousand misconceptions myself. And I know that like my family still has a bazillion misconceptions. So it is one of those really interesting things. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I'd love to hear from folks as to some of the misconceptions that maybe they had or some that they still hear a lot of. I feel like we all know quite a few of them and we probably roll our eyes very frequently when we hear them. (laughs) Before we get into our misconceptions though, coach, let's talk about this incredible game of the week because we've got a meme. You throw it out there into the newsletter and it always makes me giggle when I see these. And I also love how incredibly creative our community is. I can't wait to see folks sharing their caption, this meme of the week and that newsletter. I'm proud of you for knowing that it was a meme for the record. Yes, I feel like I had to practice that a little bit because I always get a little confused with GIF versus meme. But again, maybe that's my own misconceptions. But now I think I've got it straight because (laughs) a GIF is animated or has some kind of movement. A meme is more of a static image. Either way, they they always make me giggle, which is the most important part. It makes me happy. But, you know, also... One of the other things that makes me happy is the fact that we have this opportunity that you guys are well aware of. And if you're not, what are you? Are you a little sleepy? Have you not heard my friends? Are you being a little bashful? Because we're hoping that you've entered into our dopey giveaway. I honestly, Coach Shelby, can I just go on the record and say, you have probably told me that you're excited about this dopey giveaway 48 times, maybe even 48.6 times ah, over the you cor- did there over the course of the day because there's just it's like almost like Christmas where we get to really give these wonderful opportunities away and if there's ever something that has a lot of misconceptions it is do- we're even seeing it we're seeing people oh, tag yeah. other friends and being like hey this is your opportunity Joby And you're hearing responses pretty quickly from people with fear, with, I don't know that I can be ready for it. I don't know that I can handle it. So it feels like it has a lot of misconceptions, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. At least seven of them. (laughs) I love my dwarves. Oh my goodness. Okay, coach, let's go ahead. Let's flaunt those skills. Tell us all of those seven dwarves right here, because if the winner um, is listening to us in this we can pretty much guarantee that they're going to experience all seven of these emotions. So what are the seven dwarves? 
Happy, grumpy, sleepy, sneezy, dopey, bashful doc. Boom. I'm way too proud of that skill. Okay, so <laughs> what what we can honestly say, friends, is that six of those seven, we guarantee you're going to experience at <laughs> the dopey weekend. We're really hoping, though, that you feel strong all the way through. So we're going to be on hand to make sure that you don't have to see the doc afterwards after uh, you're done with your 48.6. So again, <laughs> I just what? love you. I can't even. That was amazing. Like, bravo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, friends. Well, let, let's go ahead and break into all of these possible myths that folks have, because I think it's really, this is an important conversation and it's an exciting one to get into. So coach, let's get right into breaking into these misconceptions that folks have about running. I am so excited. So I think where I go first, when I'm picturing these conversations is what people tell me, because whether we love it or not, the people around us tend to hold a lot of power into our mindsets. And I love when people sit there and say that they hate running because I can count on one hand how many times people have said that they love running to me. Everybody else says they hate running and it is the biggest lie ever. People don't hate running. They hate what they think running is a lot of times. And they go back to that mile in gym class or PE and how it sucked because it did suck. There's no way around right. it. If anybody out there actually thinks it didn't suck, please email us. But it's just a lie. People don't hate running. They hate the way running is perceived. I'm going to go on a small rant. Talk about irrational things that get me fired up. I'm giggling a little bit because I'm thinking there are po probably folks, maybe not listening to brunch, because I'm assuming that for the most part, folks that are listening to brunch either love running or love to hate it, or at least are willing to give it a try. But I'm thinking there's got to be a few folks that would listen into you saying that they really don't hate running. They hate what they think running is. They'd be like, no, you a damn lie because I hate <laughs> running. <laughs> And you, you, you can't tell me what I hate. So it makes me giggle a little bit because I think actually there's been days in my training where I absolutely hate running. Actually, I'm positive. I sent you a chain of text where I thought I was going to die on my run and it would go back between hating it, loving it, hating it and loving it. And when I hated it, girl, I hated it a hundred percent. You couldn't tell me I didn't hate it. <laughs> Listen, I can throw some hands, but really people, people think they hate running because they go out too hard, too fast. They go in the middle of the day. They're using like their old school Chuck Taylors in the back of their closet. And they're trying to bust out a 5K when they haven't even walked like 10 minutes. I really do firmly believe that's why people think they hate running. That's like a mindset in itself. If you think you hate something, you're gonna hate it. I thought for years that I hated spinach freaking love spinach. I yeah. just wasn't eating it the way I should. You're absolutely right. Coach, I was trying yeah. to like leaf it and like be like a baby brontosaurus. It didn't, it wasn't a good look. This is why I'm a little, I'm actually very cautious of the things that I, even in joking fashion will say. So I remember I had someone gift me a shirt about hating running. Um, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to wear it. And I noticed that that training season, I actually did come to hate running. So Shortly after that, I decided I had to change my mindset, got rid of that shirt, 
And I know it sounds a little kooky. And friends, if you are able to run through some of the hate and it makes you giggle, more power to you. For me, it was very important to make sure that I started to be more mindful of the words that I was using about my relationship with running. So without a doubt, I do agree. If you go into it thinking you're going to hate it, if you are hearkening back to days where it did feel tough or you were forced to do it because you were in a team sport and running was your punishment or whatever the case may be, I do agree that you have to change your mindset about it a little bit. I don't think that's the number one lie about running that folks say. I think every single runner that's listening to us right now, with all together now, on the count of three, let's say this together. We know what it is. What is the number one that we all hear on one, two, three? It's bad, it's bad for, your, for knees. your knees. <laughs> exactly, girl. It's like <laughs> every single human being says that. And it's so not true. It can be hard on your joints. There are a lot of potential injuries from running. It goes back to, like you just said, approaching it and tackling it with that same, I'm going to go out and do a 5K tomorrow. I'm going to do a 10K tomorrow, or I'm going to go out and run as hard as I can. And then not really focusing in on things that help them to minimize that impact to their joints. And it's one of those, again, nowadays, One day, eggs are great for you. The next day, eggs are horrible for you. You have to take all of the information that is spewed out with a grain of salt. I mean, if you like eggs, I'd put some salt on them. Just side (laughs) brunch talk. But really, again, if it's between not getting moving and sitting on the couch, what do you think's worse? So again, taking the it's bad for your knees excuse out of it. Like, yes, always consult your doctor. We're not saying just to you know, go out and do it. But everybody's got to stop saying it. Really? Yeah, I do. There's some fire at this brunch today. I think our eggs are going to be a little less than over easy. But I will say, if you are thinking of doing dopey and you decide that you are going to throw your hat into the ring with our giveaway contest, and maybe you are not selected to win. If you do want to know how you're going to pay for Dopey, maybe in a future year for like 2025, when it opens up again, go ahead and put a dollar into a jar every time somebody tells you that it's bad for your knees. And trust me, you'll be able to pay for your entire trip to Disney World. (laughs) So you're good to go that way. Well, and another one, and I am happy to say, I feel like the tides are starting to turn on this particular lie, but I have heard it from a lot a lot of people that they are family or friends kind of kind of dog on them a little bit and say that well you're not getting any fitter so why are you doing it and it's always and I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna say it's always based off of physical attributes that this comment has made and it's like oh well you're not losing weight oh you don't look thinner oh you don't look like this so are you really being productive is it really making a difference and i'm giving a big old middle finger to that fit term because it's bull it doesn't make you a runner and the changes that running does is not just that physical aesthetic so much more cardiovascularly is going on mentally and yes muscularly it does not mean that you're going to drop 20 sizes by just running. And even though I've been very open that I came to running as a means to lose weight, 
if I would let that be my only barometer for my success, I would be sorely disappointed. Yes, I agree that this is a big one. I think it's a big one that we as new runners will tell ourselves too. As you mentioned, we come to it maybe to lose weight. We also get very intimidated by not signing up. We start to limit ourselves on what we're willing to do because we don't feel like we look like a runner. So I know we've talked about it in the past. This is a great one where if you are feeling a little weird, if you are feeling like you're not what quote unquote fit enough to be a runner. So you're staying out of the opportunities of signing up for a local 5k or a 10k or one mile or anything that you want to do that you're intrigued by. We're going to ask that you consider signing up as a volunteer to help out at that race. So you can see that everybody is a runner and everybody is capable. There. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. But like exactly. even my own mom, when we were kind of going through this whole episode, my mom, who is not a runner, has never been a runner. I asked her, as well as we turned to the social media community and said, What what are the misconceptions you have? And her biggest one was that she always believed that you had to be quote unquote thin to be a runner. And that stopped so many people from even entering in the realm of running. And even people who have been running for a while, if they go through a season where they not might not be feeling great about themselves for one reason or another, it becomes this invisible barrier. And it's so frustrating because we need the voices louder that are dispelling this rumor and this untru- untruth, to be honest. It's it's maddening. It's my one biggest gripe about, well, one Wait, of more my than biggest you hate gripes. running? Girl, you know this entire I don't thing. Know. You're going to be all sorts of feisty. I get, I get flamoxed, man. There are certain things. I Again, I keep saying butter my biscuit in the wrong sense, but I've said it for so long that I can't get butter my biscuit to be a good thing. Okay, get me off of this train. <laughs> I don't know that there's any getting you off this train once it gets started, because I feel like this entire episode is going to be all about the things that maybe <laughs> that burn your biscuit is actually, I think, the phrase <gasps> that you're looking for. Oh, it burns my biscuit. Yes. Oh, that's depressing, too, because I really love my carbs. Anyway, okay. Yeah, it off burns my biscuit. your biscuit. <laughs> so, again, anybody who wants to butter my biscuit, I'm going to be more than happy for you to do so. <laughs> I think that is so sweet of you. Thank you. <laughs> this just got I a feel, not safe for work category. I feel like when it comes to these kind of runs, we truly get to see maybe who has more of that true Southerner type of approach to life, Coach Christine, and who maybe has a more of that hard-edged New Yorker approach to life, Coach Shelby. <laughs> because you definitely don't want anybody touching your stuff. But anyway. God, don't as, touch my damn biscuits. As we continue to roll through here, and we're curious too, friends, do jump into our Facebook community page. Let us know some of the things that you have either thought yourself that was a misconception or that you've been told. A lot of the things that I actually find interesting is... And this one, I think, is a dual-edged sword. We hear it a lot, but secretly, I think most of us runners love this one. And that's when we're told that we're crazy. I I really, not crazy like we're going to be like actually um, hospitalized. I mean, crazy and that, oh, I can't believe you ran that distance. I can't believe that you signed up for that. Or maybe you won the bib to Dopey and you're heading down to Disney to do that. And people in your, like, in your circle will be like, you're totally crazy. Like, why would you do that? But yet it's also a sense of pride that it gives you on, hey, I'm doing 
big things. I'm living audaciously. I'm living boldly. I'm tackling things that other people are intimidated by. So I think that this one is one of the ones that I actually feel like most of us consider it as a as a compliment and not not a backhanded compliment like actually a bit of a compliment (laughs) i mean half the time when people say that to me i'm like and have you met me if it's a stranger i'm just like well obviously we're not going to be friends (laughs) we are an interesting breed or an interesting bunch i should say so uh, an interesting brunch bunch so again friends you have found your people here if you feel that there's a lot more folks in your circle that are telling you that you're crazy then come on over to our brunch table where you'll feel right at home we're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, it's going into like people thinking you're crazy. I think when you sign up for races, people really do have this misconception that you're either going out to win or there's a bigger reason than the biggest reason of all is to do it for yourself. Mm, and, absolutely. And I think people do get pushed into signing up for races thinking they have to prove something. So a big one that we've heard from quite a few of the people and the athletes that we've worked with is that they think that they have to race when you don't. And just because you're working with a coach doesn't mean that you have to be training for a race, that you have to decide to ever go and register for a race. I've coached plenty of people that have no desire to do races. It's just not their thing. And that's okay. It's not this mold that you have to check off all the boxes to fit to be a runner. Yeah, I'm going to tackle that one actually in a two-parter. One, you do not have to race to be a runner. One, you don't have to do what other people think you should do. So you don't have to ever sign up for a 5K, 10K, 15K, half, full, uh, or dopey. I think even more so than that, I'm going to take that into a 2.0 where maybe you shouldn't. And, and this isn't about shooting all over yourself or shooting over your dreams. But before you tackle the race world, find that groove where you're enjoying racing for yourself, finding that joy of movement, finding that confidence from within, and then signing up for these things. I think that they kind of go hand in hand. And I remember back to my early days, I needed races to be able to keep motivated. But I do think in retrospect that I moved into certain areas of racing a little too early. So for me, it was how many can I do? How often can I do them? And that kept me going. So I very quickly got into like the half fanatics type of men's mindset where I was literally racing every weekend. And while I may not have been physically running hard where it was like a peak race, I was also diminishing my returns in terms of what I could actually improve upon because I was racing every weekend. And at that point, I had no idea that you could actually just go out and run for joy at an actual race. (laughs) So I wasn't able to get in those harder effort workouts. I wasn't able to really build on a base. So I do think there is a value of approaching it with a sense of moderation. And again, that's something that we would be happy to talk about you with you guys. We're not saying you shouldn't do it. We're simply saying, look at it from a perspective of what is your end all be all goal. And for me at that time, it was just to stay consistent with movement that helped me stay consistent. But if you're looking at a specific goal in terms of time or pace, then maybe it isn't signing up for every single race that comes your way. Unless the medal is really, really cool. Which, of course, Christine's guilty. She tagged me the other day and just told me I need to move up to her because of the medals. Because she knows my love language is swag. (laughs) Yes. And we do have, I feel like 
I feel Florida in general has great races, not just because we have Disney. We have some really incredible local race directors here. We have great swag. We have great medals. And it makes it hard when it's race season to not sign up for all the things. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, I've I've been super guilty of it. So I totally get it. It's just a matter of not necessarily racing every single one of them. That's the biggest misconception. Okay. So we're going to be saying that a lot, that this is the biggest misconception. But no, that one's the biggest. Oh, no. <laughs> I, think, I think this one's bigger. Okay. Because we like big medals and we like big lies, apparently. Biggest misconception that you can't walk. I, I know you're going, yes, going to say, yeah, you're it's right. Like, that, one, that one's the biggest one. If I ever physically get in a fight, it's probably going to be over this comment. Because yeah. I, and look, I'm guilty. I am a very truthful person. I will shoot it straight with you and let you know that I believe this once upon a time. I am not holier than thou to admit that. I always thought, you can't walk. That's cheating. It's not. I want to go kick my own you-know-what for ever thinking about it. Because, again, it was other people's baggage that shaped that opinion. Mm -hmm. And... You can walk. There's literally Jeff Galloway himself. We've had him on the show. He's made himself, I mean, not just famous for that, obviously, but really famous. Well, he's changed the lives of many people because he's been able to introduce Seriously. something that they thought was out of their reach. But also, I love the fact that he talks about the evolutionary science behind walking. And mm-hmm. when we were evolved to run down our prey, we had to use walking. <laughs> to be able to run down our prey to actually eat food. So yeah, there is no doubt that walking isn't just good for your running. It's part of how we were evolved to run. So running long and really having those really big and those big audacious goals of maybe an ultra or that marathon, that half marathon I just talked about, but employing it with a sense of walking is always a wonderful way of approaching it. So yes, I I know that's a big one. You're absolutely right. Even dopey. Even those who have ran Dopey multiple times, the 5K, they walk the a whole 5K usually. And if you're not walking the 5K, I'm going to say that that may be one of the biggest things that you could flip into your training for that week is knowing that that is likely the best one to walk. Unless if you have to get back to a restaurant reservation, your family's waiting for you to go to a park or anything like that so that you feel like you have to race it a little bit faster. I have ran the 5Ks at Disney and I have walked the 5Ks at Disney. They're untimed. And my fun value of walking it or you know, lightly jogging occasionally, so much more fun than running through all of the incredible sites, the beautiful park, um, not so much you get better like run Disney photos. So just well, we saying. got some good ones with that. <laughs> yes. And like the you're not sweating as much too. So the the sweat glisten in the photos just more looks like magic pixie dust. For the record, that's the biggest lie that you're not sweating as much. There is no <laughs> way <laughs> that you can say that in Florida in April. So friends, right here and now, let's call that the biggest lie. Followed shortly by <laughs> followed shortly by the uh, you can't walk but yeah actually it does help in terms of really in terms of your fun value getting mm-hmm. the most maximum value of your time out there on the course i would say that walking that 5k is the best way of approaching it but even adding walking into your 10k your half and your full is really beneficial all the way around i think as a coach too a lot of my athletes have needed me to help them 
embrace it. And even though they don't need my permission, I think as a coach to empower the athletes and letting them know that this is a sound strategy, I think helps to combat all the negativity that's often associated with walking during runs. Well, we had that entire episode where we discussed it. And I think this is maybe still the one that we could probably dedicate episode after episode after episode on it, because we are very lucky again here in Florida, where we have a higher population of folks that use run walk because the heat, the humidity, or because Galloway is kind of synonymous with run Disney and all of the it's local It's the equalizer. But I still feel that I have a couple of folks that I know that I work with who aren't in areas that run walk run is as widely used that still have a lot of hesitancy and they still get into their head of what are people thinking about me if they stop to walk. They're not. That's I'm, I'm going to just straight up tell you, they're not thinking anything. Honestly, every at any point in your day, friends, if you think that people are thinking badly of you, I want you to know that the only thing they're really thinking about is what did I pull out for dinner tonight or what am I going to pick up for dinner tonight or what do I need to make for dinner tonight? That's literally the like 95% of the thoughts that consume that human. The other 5% is where they're worried about what people are thinking about them. So please don't <laughs> let other folks' opinions, thoughts, um, it's... First of all, I think RuPaul has a really wonderful quote. It's like, what other people think about me is none of my business. And that literally is the way that you should approach your running. It's your journey. You need to make sure that you're doing best what for you. And if your coach is employing run, walk, run, there's a reason for it. Please do use it. And I mean, if you're anything like me, at least 5% of my thought, no, okay, about 10% of my thoughts is useless movie quotes and music lyrics. So I can guarantee I'm not, I'm not spending my hard earned mental time thinking bad about anybody. But what's another thing? So like, we're talking a lot about like what we do for our athletes, both in the group and the one-on-one. What's one that you have to almost like dispel, like a misconception that comes up a lot? I feel like you're leading me into the couple of training misconceptions that like are the most that have to be talked about specifically. And it is, I think running, I I will always say this too, is running your easy miles easy. And even as a runner, I think it's hard to do that because we tend to feel slightly comfortable in our gray zone, even though that gray zone is a harder effort than what our easy run should be. It's, still is something that we know and love and feel comfortable in. So we tend to gravitate toward it very frequently. So I think that that's probably the biggest one. I don't know, coach, between that one and folks having difficulty with recovery. Mm. I think those two are probably the biggest ones. What about you? I find, especially as we start getting into the longer distances where people start getting very nervous about their ability to cover the distance, they automatically assume that they have to hit that race mileage in training. So they think for a half marathon, they have to run a half marathon in training. Or for a marathon, they have to get as close as possible to that 26.2. And they don't take in all the other factors and... As a coach, I love to be able to talk about those worries and to really dig into, okay, why are you feeling that you have to hit this mileage? And being able to to bring a little ease to that conversation. And while yes, like something with Dopey, you're gonna be hitting 
your race mileages within your training because you're training for different distances at the same time. However, that's not the hard and fast rule when you're training for singular races. So again, just kind of reeling it back into what you need to do physically versus what that mental training is trying to tell you. Yeah, I will say, though, when it comes to the Galloway style running, that he definitely does suggest for folks that are newer to running to cover that distance before race day for a myriad of reasons. One, his training plan doesn't necessarily rely as much on cumulative fatigue as other traditional racing plans do. So if folks are rolling through here using or considering using like a Hal Higdon that they've pulled off the internet, I feel like that's a very popular one that folks use. Or um, I don't think most people go into their first run training plan as like a Hanson's, but if they're using a Hanson's or maybe a McMillan, any of those tend to rely on a cumulative fatigue, which generally means, again, that they are basing all of the runs from one run to the next because they all add up over the course of the week. That's not necessarily the case for Galloway. So if we do have folks that are listening to us and you do see it on your training plan that he has you covering that 13 point, I think he may even have you going a little further. He may have folks going 15 miles for the half marathon or maybe 26 for the, for the full. And again, it is, he wants you to feel confident on race day for a new runner. And also because it's not white as a cumulative fatigue based type of run. So it is, this is where the differences comes in with when you're working with a coach, we can actually look at the full picture. And mm-hmm. that's where we could actually have that conversation with you. Like, you don't really need that because we've got you running four days a week. The cumulative fatigue is coming in. Um, maybe you're not using a traditional run, walk, run strategy or your run walk. You may be employing run, walk, run within your runs, but maybe not using that cumulative, uh, that type of training plan for your training. Or maybe you are. And that's why we have you tackling 13 miles for a half marathon or whatever the case may be. It's so like I a think running that, Rubik's cube. Like there's all these is. different colors, but we have to know all of the extras in order to be able to figure out where which color is going to go and which color applies. That's why it's so hard. And that's a big running misconception. Let's let's dispel that one. Just because other folks are runners, even if other folks are run coaches, you asking a question inside of a Facebook community page or maybe on your Facebook page or on your Twitter or whatever the case may be, may not net the correct answer for you. That doesn't mean that that person doesn't have the right answer for what they're doing or what their knowledge base is, or maybe even for the people that they're coaching, but they don't know the intricacies and details of what you're doing. So that's a big misconception to think that you're going to get a hard and fast 100%. I should follow this because that's what the consensus of people told me on this Facebook group. That's probably not, unless if you're literally going on there and you're giving them your entire life story of what you're doing day to day, you're not (laughs) going to necessarily get the most accurate responses out of those. Well, and that's why always I'm very cognizant when I do hop into different groups and everything. There was even one the other day, somebody was asking about running sandals because they weren't able to wear a traditional sneaker. And I advise that, yes, there are running sandals. However, there are a lot of factors. You can't just put on a running sandal and and bust out a race. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we always say it depends. Or given the information that you've you've presented, this is where our mind goes to where that's something that 
we can do with our athletes, we can dive deeper because we have all those factors. We're able to communicate with them and talk to them to where just random Google. I mean, that's why we had the whole Dr. Google episode. Yeah, it, you can Google anything and get the answer you want. It doesn't mean that that's the answer you actually need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. So Yes, be a little bit more discerning. Aggressive. <laughs> discerning. <Be> aggressive. <laughs> coach, coach can't help it. She's going to get into her, her cheering. But yeah, so that's always an interesting one. And I think that's what, I think that's maybe where this entire topic came into play with running misconceptions, because obviously we are part of quite a few uh, community groups, which when I first started running, they weren't quite as prevalent and it wasn't necessary. Like you had to go out and looking for knowledge specifically, or I, I, at least I did for sure. So I had to like learn a lot through reading books or um, maybe runner's world, I think became really important to me. So I had a subscription, all that stuff, because there really wasn't that opportunity to jump onto Twitter, Facebook, or any of those op- aspects and get a lot of knowledge. And people love to give their opinions but that's where a lot of these misconceptions can come into play. Because everybody's I, got an opinion. Yes, just like we, everybody has a glue. <laughs> yeah, so which definitely is the case, which brings us to the next one, which I think is such a really good one, especially when we were just talking about Galloway and then talking a little bit maybe about the McMillan or the Hal Hagdens, where everyone has to run four to five days a week, which is not the case. With a Galloway-style run or training plan, I don't think that he has you running more than three days a week until you start signing up for a goofy or a dopey. And even then he doesn't introduce that fourth day of running until much further along after a really good, strong base of three runs per week. Now I will say that you likely, if you are training for a race, probably shouldn't go under that three per week. It should be that minimum of three per week. However, it really depends on what's going on. What is your cross training looking like? What does your lifestyle look like as well? Which leads us into the other thing. You don't have to run twice a week or three days a week or four days a week or five days a week to be a runner. If you enjoy running, you're not training for anything, you're using it to augment your life or augment your opportunity to get outside or jump on the treadmill. It could very easily be that you're calling yourself a runner and you are a runner by jumping onto a treadmill once every couple of weeks, or you go out for a 5k once around your neighborhood every few days or so often. So really taking that into account that none of these rules, they're all guidelines and they really aren't necessarily like hard and fast for where you're at. There's no like expiration date, like on coffee creamer. Like if I don't run X amount of days before April 26, that all of a sudden my running title expires. It doesn't work that way. You know, what's interesting, though, about this coach is that I think that most of the times, again, it goes back to nobody's really saying this for the most part, or maybe I'm just ignoring it because I'm listening to RuPaul that what other people think about me is none of my business. We say it to ourselves. Yeah. I think a lot of these misconceptions about what it should look like really comes to ourselves. So with that said, what else do you have on your plate that you've heard either on those community pages or um, maybe you've said to yourself or you've heard an athlete say it? So this is one that I saw and I actually resisted the urge to comment. I had to step away from my computer for a minute, but it was somebody. Oh, I mean, again, like I got some spice, but somebody had posted uh, a question about running and the dreaded I word injury and 
there was somebody else who commented that they only had to worry about injuries if they were doing fast speeds or high mileage. And I wanted to reach through the computer and like shake them and say, no, injuries can happen if you're running one mile, 15 miles, if you're at a 20 minute pace, if you're at a five minute pace. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I could spew, I could spew some knowledge, but I, I took a deep breath and then I couldn't honestly find the thread again. So I think that was like the universe assigned yeah, saying, calm you down. Know what I think it is. I bet you they deleted it. I, I have noticed. So. I've noticed that a lot. Folks will go in there and say something, and then they get <laughs> they get a backlash. They get a typhoon, and not like typhoon lagoon that you can visit after your dopey challenge, but like typhoon <laughs> of maybe hate comments come in their way, and they're like, "Oh snaps! I need to take this down because I'm not that feisty as you are," and that made me feisty, girl. I'm like. I'm like, wait, where are they? I'm going to put my hair back in a ponytail, taking the hoops off. I'm going to come at them. <laughs> Listen, um, I could injure myself because I walk into walls. Like, I have got none of my injuries from running <laughs> high mileage or from running a fast pace. None of them. All of my injuries have come from generally just regular day to day. And when I spoke to the podiatrist after my last running injury, which I'm a little scared to continue saying that word so we're gonna we're gonna bring that down a little bit but she specifically said that the majority of folks that were getting injuries that were presenting at her office were obtaining them from being inside their home and stubbing their toes on random household items because more people at that point had been working from home they weren't wearing shoes inside so no it does not have to be because you're running high mileage or it doesn't have to be because you ran too hard or a fast pace and this is where i think that we start to also want to blame ourselves so if we do get an injury we get really upset with our bodies we get upset with what did i do wrong and while you want to yes look at it from a learning experience of what can I do differently? What can I maybe get stronger in? I don't want anyone to beat themselves up about an injury because at some point in your life, whether it's because you're running or you're sitting on the couch, you're likely going to have some kind of injury setback in your world. And it shouldn't be an opportunity for you to beat yourself up, but rather a learning experience. And I think that yes, you could absolutely, we can we can unequivocally say that. I also want to talk about that one in the context of you mentioned early on where we have to quote unquote be fit or look a certain way. I also feel like there's people who may blame themselves because they don't feel like they're fit enough or because they're carrying too much weight. When we're using the air have, quotes as we're saying yeah, all this. <laughs> all that because that's just the kind of things that we again, have a lot of inner judgment that maybe comes into play, which is really at the core of our blue path for the crown and conquer challenge, which while we're not necessarily bringing anyone into that at this point, it's closed with registration. It is such a good reminder that working on that mindset is really pivotal for when it comes to your running or your walking or any other aspect of your life. But yeah, so that that's a big one. I'm really glad I did not see that one. I probably would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have gotten a little worked up as well as we're, as we can clearly see. Well, we're going to let some steam out of the pot because this one actually had me laughing okay. out loud. And I had to walk away from my computer for a good reason because I, I had to be excused or else I was going to literally pee my pants. But somebody said that the biggest lie they were ever told was to slather on the biofreeze. And they said that they had put it like near their hip area mm -hmm. and sweat travels. <laughs> and they wound up with biofreeze bio and their... Um, neither regions 
in their Never Never Land. Their Never Never Land. And I felt so bad. It's like, I I literally commented. I'm like, I can feel the pain of this comment. Yeah. Even now. I feel like when we're talking about any kind of ice queen a la Elsa and freezing any aspect of our life, we don't want that fairy tale to meet the Never Never Land of Peter Pan ever. So absolutely, that is a really good one. I actually think so. Tiger Bomb, BioFreeze, any of those menthol products. I actually don't necessarily believe that folks should use them before run anyway. Yeah, now, keep that for the post run. Yeah, post run for sure, chance. because it is going to, you are going to sweat. It will travel. And whether it travels to your Never Never Land <laughs> or your or Peter not, Pan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your Peter Pan. Oh, my word. I will never. <laughs> I'm now I'm never going to be able to take a photo with that character without thinking that. Thanks a lot. But I think it's really uh, advisable. Like, even if you just wipe your eyes, you could get that biofreeze into your eyes or your tiger bomb. So, so maybe keep that for the post recovery. I'm a big fan of menthol. I absolutely love it. Don't do it before the run. That's our coaching advice. If you choose to do it and you're telling us that it's our misconception and you ain't want none of it, feel free to let us know how you make sure that it doesn't travel to places that it shouldn't. I'm just still trying to, I was pretty proud of the Peter Pan, Mark. Oh, anyway. That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's well, some talk, good ones. Let's talk about, I think this is a fun one for sure. Maybe we won't get quite as worked up about this. Maybe we'll see. I think this one, when I first came to running shortly after that, one of the books that was very popular was Born on the Run. And we saw this entire huge trend of everybody going into barefoot running and everyone automatically thinking that barefoot running and chia seeds, those were the two things that came from the book that everybody necessarily started to add into their life. They thought that those things were going to make them magical and they were going to be able to run ultra distances and they were going to be able to go for days um, without having to stop. It's not necessarily true. That doesn't mean that minimalist shoes do not have their place or that barefoot running is bad because then it's pendulum swung. And now we have the folks that kind of demonize minimalist shoes or demonize barefoot running or any of that sort. And it's it's not about the shoes. Yes, you should get fitted. Yes, you should wear the shoes that are right for your body, but it's not gonna necessarily make you run faster or slower or keep you injury free or help you run ultras. So let's not give that much kudos to those expensive pair of shoes. Even the same thing going on cushy shoes, mm -hmm. specifically hokas. I no, no shame against hokas. They work for a lot of people. But I think there's also that misconception on the other end that the cushier, the better. Yeah. And people force themselves into these shoes that don't feel good. I personally cannot wear hokas. So, I've tried a various amount of them and they just don't work for me. You're exactly like what you talked about earlier on with one day science says eggs are good. One day science says eggs are bad. This is what we've seen with the shoe world and the running world. It has been quite a pendulum. So from barefoot running where people got tons of injuries because they hadn't worked their way up to that barefoot running aspect to them pendulum swinging all the way to hokas and getting in to the potential for injuries that way as well. Not because of necessarily the shoes, but because if you aren't in the right shoe for you, it could alter your form. It could create issues for your body as to how you land and create impact that could potentially have that, that aspect of creating a potential for injury. So it's really, I mean, this is the one probably, you think that a lot of them kind of make you a little frustrated when you're in there. 
I know people want recommendations from other folks when it comes to running shoes. Please go get fitted. Please. It's really, it's not what I wear, what Coach Shelby wears, what, I don't know, you know, your friend down the road who just PR'd or got Boston qualifying time wears or even an elite. It's really finding what works for your body. And again, get the suggestions. That's fine. But go to a store and try them all on. Don't just be like, oh, Susie Q likes these. I'm going to buy them in five different colors and go. But we've, we've talked a lot about what other people say about running and the lies that are told. I also have to laugh at the lies that we as runners tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. We talked about how we throw out the, I'll never do this and I'll never do that. But I definitely lie about how long it'll take for me to get home for my run. I'll be like, oh, I'll be like an hour. I fully know it's going to be an hour and a half. That's funny. That's really interesting. I I have done that for sure because I've gone out there and enjoyed whatever I was doing and didn't necessarily want to just meander back right away. I also have expressed that I don't like that question being asked of me, though. I know that's a safety purpose, but it's because I want to be able to go out for a run and not have my route completely pre-planned. It's my one time to be able to kind of just get lost in my thoughts. So it's going to be what it's going to be. But that that's a, that is a good one. I think as someone who has had a few niggles in their running journey, I think that this is a big one that we tell ourselves where we pretend that if we get the right shin splints, I mean, that if we get the right splint or the right um, brace, that we're not actually injured, that we, <laughs> that we can work yeah. through it, that it's a little bit of just I can take that. That's not a big deal. (laughs) If I ever tell you that I'm not hungry, it's a lie. (sighs) That runger is full force. Like if I I tell my husband, like, no, I don't think I'm hungry. He just kind of looks at me. He goes, really? You're not? And I said, okay, maybe I'll have a snack. But yeah, especially during training cycles, if Mm. I tell you that I'm not hungry, just know that I'm either not paying attention and wasn't actually like listening to the question or I just, the the runker hasn't hit quite yet. Yeah, it's probably because that question was asked too early right after you were done with your run and maybe you still haven't processed, like you haven't had a chance to relax a little bit. And if you give yourself five to 10 minutes, you absolutely will be. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier on and we're gonna make, um, we're gonna go ahead and say it again. Biggest lie that I think I hear a lot from folks that we tell ourselves even is that I ran my miles easy because again, that gray zone feels kind of easy for the most part. So I think that's very easy. (laughs) This is an unintentional lie because everybody really does believe Mm -hmm. that they run their miles easy, but heart rates don't lie. Yeah. My hips lie, but my heart rate doesn't. Actually, if your hip is niggling right now and hurting you, it's probably not lying either. So friends, <laughs> just that's where, again, I, and, and I'm sorry to bring it back to the crown and conquer challenge, but with the blue path and mindfulness, so much of that, it comes into play where it 
100% translates to our running. So many times with our running, we turn off that mindfulness because it is a hard battle of how much do I listen to myself and how much do I not? Because that you have that battle of the minds of just mm-hmm. go home and sit on the couch versus just keep running past this and the pain will go away. So it, it is a tough one, but I love that aspect of being able to be a bit more mindful and kind of cue in and really turn internally with those cues. And you touched upon this earlier, but I think I'm going to bring it home with the one lie that we always tell ourselves and we know it's not true (laughs) is that we always love to go for a run. Chances are you've had that thought. You might even be having it right now or had it this week. We don't always have to love running and going for a run. There will be seasons where we don't we don't love it and we we need a little space it's not them it's us we just need some need some time but the difference is is we do always tend to go back to it and allowing that love to be a little less sometimes is healthy in all relationships Mm, absolutely because endorphins makes you happy and happy people don't shoot their husbands they just don't well I don't know. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to, we'll go back into the archives. It depends how, it depends how, um, like how long they've been maybe sitting out because of an injury potentially. (laughs) Elle Woods, we're going to need some representation and some stats, please. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, friends, with that said, we want to hear from you. First of all, we want to hear from you in terms of all of those great captions that you are going to share and getting that creativity going. Of course, we're going to welcome you to join us with the Dopey 2024 Challenge. This is your opportunity to cross off this potential bucket list item you may not even know that it's on your bucket list but it likely is or it will be so go ahead and join on in of course we have all those details of what it takes to be in the running in our episode notes join us that way we want you to give yourself a big high five and make sure you rehydrate and refuel because you likely are going to be hungry after this with some of your brunch-tastic favorites while you're recovering and resetting that's the perfect time to come back to here and hit that little hyperlink on episode notes so that you can get in the running for your dopey giveaway. Don't forget to check out Quick Bites Edition. We have brought back the spring races of the World Marathon Majors and bringing that through a wrap-up right about now. So you're going to want to definitely participate if you're thinking of tackling that as one of your goals as well. Until that said, we're going to keep on serving up more miles with a side of smiles.